Hey there, I'm Drew, and you are listening to or watching, and this week you really should be watching The Anxious Truth. This is the podcast and YouTube channel that covers all things anxiety, anxiety disorders, and anxiety recovery. So if you're struggling with things like panic attacks, panic disorder, agoraphobia, or health anxiety, this is the place for you, and I'm glad that you're here. This week, we're starting a special series on the podcast. I'm going to take you to one of the places that used to terrify me, that used to induce all kinds of panic and high anxiety. And while we're there, we're going to talk about the idea that you don't always have to figure out why you panicked. Deciphering a panic attack is not necessarily part of the recovery process. So let's get to it. And I will remind you before we do start, if you're not watching this week, you might want to do that. So if you're not sure where I am on YouTube, just go to theanxioustruth.com slash YouTube. You will find my channel and you will find this episode. That's enough of that. Let's get into it now. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to The Anxious Truth. This is podcast episode number 251, recording in March of 2022. I am Drew Linsalata, creator and host of The Anxious Truth. If this is your first time here in the podcast or the YouTube channel, welcome. I hope you find this all helpful. If you are a returning viewer or a returning listener, I'm glad you're here. Welcome back. So this week, we're going to start a special series of podcasts that I kind of promised to my folks on Instagram, where I'm going to take you to places that I used to refuse to go when I was struggling with the worst of panic attacks, anxiety, agoraphobia, OCD, all of the things. I would hate to go to these places. And I'm going to start to go to these places with you. And I'm going to record podcast episodes in those places. We'll talk about what my experience was and what I do to get over it. And we'll also talk about whatever the podcast topic is for that week, but we're going to do it in those places. And today we're going to start in a special place that you might not expect, but it was a thing. So today, while we're in that special place and starting our first series, we're going to talk about the idea that you do not have to decipher a panic attack. A lot of people want to figure out why they panicked and they get sucked down the rabbit hole of trying to figure out what triggered it. What can they do next time to make sure it doesn't happen? What can they eat or drink differently? What can they do differently? What can they avoid? That's not really part of the process that we're talking about here. And today we're going to talk about why while I take you to that special, formerly terrifying panic inducing place that will probably surprise you. So before we get started, just a quick reminder that The Anxious Truth is way more than just this podcast episode. There's 250 other podcast episodes. I've written books about anxiety and anxiety recovery. There's all my social media content. There's courses and workshops. All the goodies are on my website at theanxioustruth.com. So when you get a chance, go check it out and avail yourself of all the resources. And if you dig this work and I am helping you in some way, all the ways to support it can be found on my website also at theanxioustruth.com slash support. That includes maybe buying a mug or a t-shirt or buying my books or maybe subscribing to my Instagram subscriber group, whatever. All the ways to do that can be found there. That is always appreciated, but never required. And no matter how you choose to support this work and this podcast, whether it's just hitting the like button on a YouTube video or leaving a podcast review, thank you very much. I appreciate your support. So let's get into today's topic. Why do you not have to figure out why you panicked? Why is that not really part of the recovery equation? And let's go to that first place that used to really terrify me and that I would panic when I went to. So let's get to it. And I will come back here to wrap it up at the end. Okay, so here we go. As promised, I am recording this podcast at the end of my driveway. Why am I doing that? Because I promised that I would do a series of podcasts where I record from places that I used to be terrified to go. This is one of them, the end of my driveway. 
the end of my driveway is maybe 40 feet from my front door at the most. And I'll put some B-roll in here so you can see just how short a, a, a walk it is down the, down the, out my front door and down to the bottom of this driveway where I'm standing maybe two more steps and I'm actually in the road, in the street. And back in the day when I was doing the heavy lifting of recovery and I was going through antidepressant withdrawal. So we're talking about well over 10 or 12 years ago. And that's that period between like 2006 and 2009 when I was doing most of this work. This was a, a really difficult place for me to be. And I might come here to put the trash cans out or take the trash cans in. I really didn't want to do that, but that was my job, so I had to do it. Or I would come to the mailbox to check for mail or put mail in the mailbox so the postman would pick it up. And there were many, many times when I came to the bottom of this driveway in full panic because I was afraid. I was just afraid. It's a little bit embarrassing now. I mean, not embarrassing, but it is sobering to say that. But I would be afraid to come to the end of my driveway, 40 feet from my front door. And I would come here with my legs shaking and I would feel like I couldn't breathe. And I was doing that thing where like I'm trying to fill my lungs and I'm taking these giant heavy breaths and my legs would be shaking and my vision would be weird. And it felt like this sort of world was spinning or I was leaning to one side or the other. And I just felt very unsteady and I was just afraid. I was just really afraid. And I would come down here and do what I had to do and then quickly run back up and get back in the house. And it would take me a while to recover from that. So I had quite a few episodes of panic right here at the bottom of my driveway. And if I'm going to be completely transparent and honest with you guys, and I'm going to record podcast episodes from places I used to be afraid to go, I have to start here because this was my reality for a while. So the whole podcast episode won't be here at the bottom of just about talking about my driveway, but I will tell you that there were many times when I would stand at my front door and I would wait and I would debate with myself and I would ham and haw and go back and forth and try to get up the courage to walk out the door to come 40 steps to the end of this driveway. And I'd already be kind of in a panic and knowing that if I walked out the door, I would panic even more. And especially if my job was to take out a trash can and that trash can was heavy because sometimes they are, that would set me off even more because that meant that I would breathe a little heavier or I might, my heart would race a little more. And back in those days, I was not in as good a shape as I am right now. I'm older, but in better shape now than I was then because people with panic disorder and agoraphobia tend to be kind of sedentary. And I still had some weight on me for my antidepressant days. So that would trigger me in a big way. If I had to take out a heavy trash can or, you know, heavy garbage bag, I would really not want to do it because I knew that, that my heart would start to pound and I would, didn't want that. I was afraid of that. So anyway, here I am starting this little series of places I used to be afraid of at the bottom of my driveway. And just know that if you're struggling to get to the bottom of your driveway or get out into your backyard or your garden or whatever you call it, wherever you live, I get you because I was you too. And these were hard days. So if you're struggling like I was then, just maybe take a little bit of heart in knowing that I used to struggle too, but now I wouldn't think about the bottom of this driveway if I wasn't here recording for you. It's a non-thing. And we're going to go on in this series and do way more stuff. I'm going to go into New York City with you. I'm going to go to airports with you. We're going to go to the beaches. We're going to do all the stuff. So it won't be every week, but stay tuned. I will sprinkle them in as logistics allow. So let's get to the actual meat of today's podcast episode, which is the idea that you have to figure out why did I panic? Why did that happen? So always remember that here we're dealing with anxiety disorders, a distorted state of anxiety where part of that definition is that you are anxious about being anxious. You are afraid about being afraid. You are panicking because you panic. 
So in those situations, we're not talking about just like life is stressing me out. And I'm not ever telling you to ignore your emotions or ignore your life. If you're in an abusive situation, if you're in a, you know, in a bad relationship where you're being manipulated or even harmed, or you're working for a crappy company and you hate it there, those things do matter. Like the source of your stress does matter in life. But when we are talking about why did I panic and you are in a situation where you are just afraid of the panic and the panic becomes the source of the panic and that original stress is contributing, but not really the trigger anymore then digging for triggers and trying to figure out why it happened is not fruitful at all. So if you're kind of new to this, and maybe you're just sort of new to the podcast or new to my books or whatever it is, that might be a, a strange concept for you because part of your probably desperate attempt to stop your panic attacks or control them or keep them from happening was probably to spend a lot of time to try to unearth your triggers and know what your triggers are. I have to find my triggers so that I, why do you have to find your triggers? So you can avoid them, right? And that isn't working out so well. So a lot of people do spend a lot of time going down that rabbit hole where they are attempting to identify every possible thing that triggers a state of panic. And I was there. I blamed everything, everything, food that I ate, like the, the too many phone calls. I blamed every possible thing I could think of. And after a while, I ran out of things to blame and I ran out of things to avoid. So I always tell the story once of having a real uh, a panic attack, maybe half hour after I had eaten Chinese food with my family. And I didn't eat Chinese food again for like four years, probably longer, because I was 100% convinced that it was the Chinese food that triggered that panic attack. No, it was the 10 panic attacks before that that week that triggered the one that I thought was all about an egg roll. So I was wrong. So the, the bottom line here for in this particular podcast episode is you do not have to figure out why you panicked. Again, when you get out of this state where you're just always afraid of yourself, where you're always worried about panic, you're always scanning, you're trying to control it, they just keep happening, and really the panic itself has become the problem for you. Once you get out of that state, then yes, stress management, trigger management, taking care of yourself, not not subjecting yourself to you know abuse or, or nastiness or negativity. Yeah, those are all reasonable bits of life advice that most people would follow. And I'm a big fan of stress management and things of that nature and taking care of yourself. But right now, we can't get stuck in why did I panic at all. That's not fruitful at all. Now, where do I hear this the most? I either hear it from people who are kind of new to this, and they think that, okay, cool, I'm going to get involved with this dude from New York who's on his driveway recording a podcast, and we're going to identify my triggers. And no, you're not, because we don't talk about it. Around, you're not, we don't talk about that around here. But most, so you're going to have to sort of let go of that, like I just said. But so I hear it really most from people who are kind of down the road in recovery, where they're getting the job done and they're changing their relationship with fear and they're getting better at having panic attacks and they're losing the fear of the panic attacks. So therefore they begin to have less panic attacks, which is I know where everybody wants to go. And that is the happy secondary side effect of learning to be better at relating to panic and fear. And maybe they're getting better. And that's awesome because you start to realize like, wow, I don't panic as much as I used to. Or, man, I haven't had a panic attack. I've had four panic-free days for the first time in two years. And that's an amazing day. That's a day to celebrate for sure. But then on day five, you have a panic attack. And most times people, when especially the first time that happens to them, they will immediately start going to, but why? I didn't have any for five days. I didn't have any for two weeks. I didn't have any for two months. And then I had a panic attack. Why? What caused it? What was it? What was the trigger? What was I doing? What did I eat? Where was I? You can't go there. You can't go there. That won't help you at all. So part of that idea that you have to then dig in and again, try to figure out why you had a panic attack 
It's literally because you are still not terribly confident in that state that you are in. Trust me on this one. People who begin to experience fewer and fewer panic attacks, who feel less and less anxious, are often all over my Facebook group and in my comment section being anxious about not being anxious or wondering if it's going to last or not believing that it will last. Like, what if it comes back? What if this is fake? What if it all comes crashing down and I have a relapse? People who are recovering often worry that they are not actually going to recover and they worry about it all falling apart. And they're always looking for the anxiety and they're still looking for the panic. And then it comes. And that's why it comes. So that's okay. You don't have to dig in and start trying to figure out desperately, well, what caused my panic attack? What was my trigger? Why did it come back after so long? Well, it just did. Well, mostly because you're still scanning and you're still afraid that it might come back. So it does. Now, if you're further down the road and you haven't experienced panic in a year and a half or two years and you do experience a panic attack, or maybe it's been even longer, there's still that thing where like, I don't have to dig so much. Now, I may be in a situation where I could say, yeah, I'm not sleeping a whole lot. I'm not eating very well. I'm stressed to the max. Like, I I'm, I can't take any more. I'm just bubbling over and yeah, turn into a panic attack. Sometimes when we get to that recovered state, we can identify that. Like, oh yeah, life pushed me into a panic attack. But that's okay, because then you realize that and you think, well, it wasn't because something is wrong with me. It wasn't because I was going insane. It wasn't because I was having a stroke or a heart attack. I just got stressed to the max and it pushed me over the edge. That's a good place to be. But if you don't recognize that yet and you still find yourself drawn to what was the trigger? What did I eat? What was it? Is it something wrong with me? Like the old ways, that's where you have to remember my words right now. So when you do have a panic attack after not having one for days or weeks or months or even a couple of years, try to remember my words. Why did I have this panic attack? You're going to ask that because everybody just naturally does. If you find yourself getting trapped on the hamster wheel of trying to figure it out because you're afraid of the reason why you had a panic attack, then it's time to go back to the things that you learned that you were practicing that got you to where you were to begin with. So go back to the things that had you panic free or not so anxious or having fewer panic attacks. Don't get sucked in because it will try to pull you back in and it will try to make you ruminate and think and analyze and figure out. It's going to do that. Recognize when it's happening and remember, oh, that's right. I just have to treat this like I used to treat panic attacks, like they're not important. It was scary. I didn't like it. I wish it didn't happen. I hope it doesn't happen again. That's okay. But I handled it and I'm going to have to do it the way I used to do it, the things that got me to where I am now in recovery, and I'm going to keep going. And then one day, if all goes to plan and all goes well, you will wake up and maybe you will have a panic attack that you and you haven't had one for so long, or you might have a particularly anxious day that you haven't had in a long time, and you will be able to say, I know why this happened, because my life, my life is a mess right now, or because I had a huge fight with my partner, or because I just got laid off from my job, or because I'm having money problems, or my kids are making me crazy, or there's a big illness in the family, or I just suffered a huge loss. Maybe someone close to me has passed. You'll know. You'll know. That's what recovered people do. You'll know. I had a panic attack because I got overwhelmed, and that's okay. I don't like it, but it doesn't mean something is wrong with me, and I don't have to be afraid of it. And I can concentrate on the part of my life that sort of pushed me into that and I can deal with my grief or deal with my loss or deal with my financial problems or my career problems or my family problems or whatever it is you begin to know that the panic attack is just an expression of something happening outside of you and you stop trying to figure out what's going on inside of you that's when you know you're done that's when you know you did it you are recovered welcome congratulations so 
that's enough rambling on at the bottom of my silly driveway about why you do not have to figure out why you have panic attacks. I know that for some people, they don't like when I say that because it sounds like I'm invalidating their emotions or I'm invalidating their experiences. Your emotions matter and your experiences do matter. But you have to recognize when you have become more afraid and more stressed by the panic itself than anything that may have caused it in your life. I'm not saying that those things don't matter anymore, but recognize when you are afraid of being afraid. Recognize when you are catastrophizing about the panic. Recognize when you are you know, finding meaning and panic that generally revolves around what's going to happen when you panic as opposed to what happened that maybe made me panic. See the difference? So recognize when you're trapped there and remember, I don't, right now, I don't have to know why I panicked right now. Maybe one day when I'm in a better place, I can have a little bit more of a healthy, normal, productive relationship with that. And I could look at that and I could do something about it that's actually just good life management or good stress management. But for now, I do not have to worry about why I panicked. I only have to know that I did. I didn't like it. I prefer that it not happen again. But once again, it didn't take me down and I can handle that. That's where you want to maintain your focus if at all possible. So that's it. I hope you enjoyed me recording at the bottom of my silly driveway. I hope you got something out of my driveway story. The next time we do this, I don't know where I'm going to go, but uh, I will bring you along for that too. I have a couple of ideas, but I'll, I'll just sort of let it unfold while I can. Um, I will pop back into the studio, which is just my office, and I'll wrap this up the way I usually do. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening. I'll see you in a minute. Okay, we're back in the studio, like I said, which is really just my office where I always am. And I was really only about 35 or 40 feet in a straight line that way in recording this podcast episode. It was a little unorthodox, and it got a little bit uncomfortable a couple of times because I could see a couple of my neighbors were out and sort of looking like, what's that guy doing? But that's all right. We can handle a little discomfort, right? So I hopefully we have shed some light on the idea that you do not have to figure out why you panicked. And in fact, digging in to try to figure that out, often things make makes things worse than they already are. So if you're getting sucked down that rabbit hole, just remember my words from today, back away from that. I promise you'll be happy that you did that. So that is it. That is episode 251 of The Anxious Truth in the books. We know it is over because the music, which is, as always, Afterglow by my friend Ben Drake. You can find more about Ben and his music, including this song, at his website, which is bendrakemusic.com. Go check it out. And I will ask you if you are listening to this podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or someplace that you can leave a review or leave a rating, leave a five-star rating and maybe take a second and write a review of the podcast because that helps more people find the podcast and we want to help as many, many people as we can. If you're watching on YouTube, be sure to subscribe to the channel, hit the like button on this video and maybe hit the notification icon so that you know when I upload new content. Leave a comment. I circle back to my YouTube at least twice a week to answer comments. Love you guys over there. And that's it. Hopefully this has been a helpful episode. I hope you enjoyed my little trip down memory lane to a place that used to be so hard for me to go. We're going to do it again. Maybe not next week, but we will. I will be back next week with another podcast episode. Don't know what I'm talking about. Don't know where I'm going to be, but I will be here. And remember, every step forward is a good step forward, no matter how small it is. See you next week. You got the feeling that you're going to win. Yeah, you're doing fine. Now in the city and you're living fast. No looking back or dwelling on the past. You know you'll never get another chance.